Welcome, everybody. Turn to your neighbor next to you and say, I'm so glad that I'm here today. And you're looking good. Okay. All right. I'd just like to, first of all, welcome each and every one of you here this morning, especially the people that's watching us live and watching us on via YouTube and all the other channels and things. And I trust that today you're going to have a wonderful day. I also pray that your heart will be open to receive the word this morning and you will not be the same as you walk out this, this morning as you came in. Amen. We would like to just to welcome Dominique just as she comes to receive the offering. Let's just give her a hand. Good morning, Unveiled family. Right. Summer is back. So, I'd first like us to turn to 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1 and 2. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you are also to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper. Now, as I was reflecting on this word, um, being that the festive season is upon us and some of us have had birthdays during the year and Christmas is coming. This, what resonated with me is that the ownership, the authority is on us to put things aside. So how many of you sometimes have somebody who says to you, uh, you know what, you know what you like. Here's, here's my bank card, go and buy yourself something nice. Or here's a gift voucher. We all love doing the gift voucher thing because it's easier because that person can go and get what they want for themselves, what they like. But how many times when you've bought that someone a gift and they realize you've taken the time and the thought and the effort to think about what they like and to take that time to go to the store and do it yourself, it has more meaning to it. And that's what resonated with me here. We aren't a church that asks for your payslip every month or your, if you're a business owner for your income statement every month and we do an automatic deduction of your income for your 10%, for your tithe. We let you be the ministry yourself. We give you that authority yourself that you bring your gift back to God's kingdom. And how wonderful is that, that we have the authority to do that ourselves? Where it speaks of once a week here, some of us get paid weekly, very weekly, some of us get paid monthly. Some of us have work in the restaurant industry where we earn our wages daily. Whatever way that you earn, that is where you have the authority to sit aside and go to your budget and put that 10% aside to bring back to God's kingdom. And this is God's kingdom. This is where we do the works we do. Things like running our church. Things like running the online services giving back to our community with Apple Park, with our Wings of Inspiration homes, with our very smart kids that we do outreaches with during the year. That is how we're giving back into God's kingdom. And the authority is with you, for you to set that aside and bring it back to God's kingdom. So before we pray, I just want to remind you that we have different ways that you can take authority. And we have the ushers who will bring the buckets to you if our ushers can come forward. We have the EFT system, you can see online, or get the bank card at the back, as well as our yoker machines. So let's 
thank God in prayer that we have that authority. Heavenly Father, we come to you today as your family in authority. We thank you for your gift that you can give us, that we can sow back into your kingdom to do your works. And we bless our tithes and we thank you for giving us the opportunity to tithe. We ask this, that you give us joyful hearts as we tithe and that we go forth and are conquerors in our kingdoms this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. While well, we receive the offering and we're just waiting for them to finish off, um, I just want to tell a little joke. Are we allowed to tell jokes in, in church, are we? So uh, I came across a little a video clip or a YouTube clip or whatever you want to call it this, this week. And it's about this, this, uh, this husband and wife that went to Israel with his, with his mother-in-law. And so when they arrived in Israel, the mother-in-law passed away suddenly. And so all of a sudden then they had to go to the undertakers to make arrangements and things like that. And so the undertaker said to him, he says, you know, sir, there's two options. He says, um, we can either ship your mom back to the USA for $15,000, or you can bury her here in the Holy Land for $150. So the man thinks about it and he says, no, I'll rather take the $15,000. So the guy says, but you know, it's much cheaper just to, to bury your mother-in-law here in the Holy Land. He says, no, let me tell you something. He says, 2,000 years ago, there was a man that died. And after three days, he rose again. He says, I cannot take that chance with my mother-in-law. <laughs> All the mother-in-laws, peace, okay? Anyway, well, this morning is my opportunity just to come and share with you, and I just want to say to Pastor Norman and Gerda, thank you for the opportunity to just to share with you this morning. So I'm going to just encourage you this morning on what God's Word is. I'm going to remind you what God's Word is saying to you concerning His Word and the promises that He's put before us. And the title of my message is, Learning to Wait Well. Now, every one of us sitting here today, we are in some form or other always waiting to get an answer from God or from something. And it's important sometimes that while we're waiting to get an answer or the breakthrough, that we learn how to wait well. Because so often we try to manufacture the answer or the outcome of what we're look, looking for and waiting for. And there's a scripture in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. It says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Now right through the word of God, there are many scriptures encouraging us just to wait upon the Lord and to renew our strength. Now this, this scripture tells us that it's possible for us to lose our confidence and, and not to, to, to want to go forward with whatever one we want to believe. That we will lose our strength. And so the, this scripture is saying to us, but if we wait upon the Lord, He shall renew our strength. He's the one that will give us the power to go on. 
we shall mount up with wings as eagles. In other words, we will fly above the circumstances that we're facing right now. And you might be sitting with the circumstances right now this morning that you don't know the way out of this thing. God says to you, mount up with wings as eagles and fly above what I've called you to do. Run and, um, and they shall run and not be weary. In other words, God says, I will give you enough strength to run your race. I will give you the ability to endure this whole thing. And they shall walk and not faint. That's what God is saying to us. In Psalm 27 verse 40 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, unto the Lord. Again, it's another scripture encouraging us and says, Wait upon the Lord. And sometimes we want to just run ahead of God and, and, and uh, do things. And then the outcome is not what we desire to do. Joyce Myers in one of her books, it's called When God When, and I quote from this book and says, God has taught me to keep living the life I now have. While I'm waiting for the things that are in my heart to come to pass, and we can become so intent on trying to birth the next thing that we neither enjoy nor take care of the things at hand. I had a vision from God 10 years before I began to see it fulfilled. And during those years, I believe I missed a lot of joy trying to give birth outside of God's timing. Learn to enjoy where you are while you're waiting to get where you want to be. And it's so important sometimes. You know, um, a, a colleague of mine when I was at, at Rama, he always used to tell the story and he would say that every year he would go down to Cape Town to go and visit his family. And he was getting his car and he would rush down to Cape Town, drive right through, right through the night just to get to Cape Town. And then gets to the other side of Cape, in Cape Town and he's so tired for it takes him two days just to recover. And so one day his wife just says, but why don't you enjoy the journey? Take a little bit longer. And this is what God is saying to us. Many times we want to do everything rush, rush, rush. Enjoy the journey. When you're waiting for God, enjoy the journey. Because in enjoying the journey, God is going to teach you a whole lot more things. God is going to equip you. God is going to mature you. And that is what God wants this morning for, for all of us. We live in a world today that we are constantly bombarded with things like instant now and we want it yesterday. That's, that's, that's the way we live. And especially us here in Gauteng. If you go down to Cape Town, I mean, those, are just, those guys are just easy go, you know. Well, maybe tomorrow, maybe the day after tomorrow type of thing. We, yeah, now everything is going to be done right now. And so everything is like a mad rush. And that's why we need to enjoy the scenery when we're on this trip. Enjoy what God is going to take you through. You will spend more time in life waiting than you will receiving. And when you receive what you're waiting for now, you begin waiting for something else. That is life. If you don't learn to wait well, you will live with endless frustration. Waiting well is what delivers your dreams. And so, 
In Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall not reap if we do not lose heart. Again, there's another scripture just saying to us, don't lose heart. And as I said this morning, you might be sitting here today and you are waiting for God to answer a, a certain prayer or kind of situation in your life. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart because while doing good, you shall reap. Amen. Now, due season is when God knows when you are ready. Not when you think you are. He has set appointments to accomplish certain things in your life. So you might as well just settle down and wait patiently. Because that is when it all happens and not before. God knows when you need it and he knows how to get it to you. And he, all he asks, he says, just trust me. Trust me because I will deliver. <clears throat> God's timetable is not always, <clears throat> excuse me, God's timetable is not always our timetable. Sometimes a due season means a process that might take even years or a lifetime. Now, the question is, are you prepared to wait that long? And I'm sure that most of you are saying, no, I'm not prepared to wait that long. I want it now. But yet God is more interested in what you're becoming, in your character and everything that he wants to build with you. Now, if you can remember, and I can remember as a young child, we in, in the summer times, uh, with all the fruit trees and everything, we as youngsters used to go and jump over the neighbor's wall to go and help ourselves to the fruit of, uh, of the neighbor. Today, we just go to the supermarket and we get our fruit type of thing. But many times we used to jump over the wall and go and steal your neighbor's fruit, only to realize that the fruit is still a little bit green. You ate that stuff and you got an upset stomach. And it's the same thing with everything that we, with it, that we have in life. Sometimes we want to eat that fruit, but it's still green. We've got to wait till it's ripe so that we can enjoy the sweetness of that fruit. And that is what God is saying to us today. Enjoy, wait, so that you can enjoy the sweetness in your life. We can count on three things. That is, God will always come through for us. God will always come through for us. God is never early or too late. His timing is perfect with our best interests at heart. Our harvest will have the same nature as our seed that we sown. God's seed brings good harvest and bad seeds bring back bad harvest. Now, some of the moms that are sitting here, the mothers that are sitting here, you know when you give birth to a child. If the child gets born before the time, there's complications. If it's, if it's born past the time, then there's also complications. But if it's born on time, everything is fine. And that is what God is saying to us. He says, my timing sometimes must be on time for you to receive your blessing. Now, what are we to do when we wait on the Lord? God says to us, refuse to become discouraged. Now, the scriptures that I read early on gives you indication that we can become discouraged. 
it's possible for us to come discouraged. And especially in the time that we're living in right now, with our situation in our country. Load shedding, all sorts of things are happening. At least there was a little bit of a uh, heads up with us winning the World Cup and the rugby. But, and that's, that's how life is. Don't become discouraged. Determine to keep our faith alive and active. In other words, stay focused with God. Be connected to God. Keep your faith up. Continue with an attitude of expectancy. You know, every morning when you wake up, first thing that you need to say to yourself, now, God, I know that today I'm expecting for you to come through for me in my life. To do something extraordinary in my life. It took no 100 years to complete the ark. But at the end, it was all worth it. Abraham was 100 when God promised him that he will be the father of many nations. And then he almost messed it up. And so God is saying to us, it says, don't become discouraged. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 to 39, it says, so do not throw away your confidence. Who of you sitting here this morning and you're throwing away your confidence? I want to say to you and I want to encourage you, don't throw away your confidence. Because it goes on and says, it will be richly rewarded. You need to preserve so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For in just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But as you are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who believe and are saved. And God is saying this in this scripture here. He says, don't lose your confidence. Don't lose your confidence. And I want to encourage you this morning. Don't lose your confidence. Keep that confidence up. But you know what? We sometimes go from the one extreme to the other extreme. Now people are coming in three categories. The few who make things happen, the many who watch things happen, and the overwhelming majority who has no idea what happened. <laughs> now does it mean that we are got to make things happen? No. I believe that each and every one of us has a race to run. God has set before us a race and we need to run that race. We need to do everything in our power, in our ability to complete our race. And it's not a matter of who comes first. It's a matter of whether you complete and finish your race. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 6 verse 10 and 11 it says, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and you need like an armed man. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, But blessed is the man who preserve, he will receive the crown of life. Every one of us sitting here today, we're going to receive a crown of life. And God is encouraging us. He says, listen, just keep on going. I want to read you a story of, it's called the rest house. About halfway up in the mountain in the Alps, there's a popular rest house. It's a good day's climb from the bottom to the top. 
but you can usually get to the rest house by lunchtime. That's when you separate the men from the boys. When some of the amateur climbers feel the warmth of the fire and smell the good cooking, they say to the companions, I'll just wait here while you go to the top. When you come back, we will join you and we'll go down to the base together. A glaze of satisfaction comes over them as they sat by the fire, play the piano and sing mountain climbing songs. And about 3.30 in the afternoon, everything changes. They start looking towards the top of the mountain as their friends reach their goal. Suddenly, the atmosphere in the house changed and they realized that they have set, settled for second best. They watch things happen. And so sometimes God says to you, as much as our heart it is, keep going. Make things happen. Make things happen. Do what I tell you to do. So what happened? Comfort caused them to lose sight of their purpose. And it can happen to all of us. Don't lose sight of the purpose that God has called you. What is your purpose in life? Don't lose sight of that. We all have those sheltered places in our lives where we retreat from the crime. We like to hide away. and We like to say, no, you know, I'm too tired now. Just leave me alone. Just don't phone me. Don't contact me. Just leave me alone. You know? Child of God, are you discouraged? Are you discouraged this morning because of circumstances facing you? Are you thinking of retreating? Don't lose, don't do it. Hold fast to the Lord as He will have until now. As, as the God has always been on your side from now on. Never lose sight of the fact that you have a destiny in God and He wants to perfect that which He started in you. God has started something in your life. He's deposited some things in your life. And God is saying to you, listen, I will perfect those things in your life. Carry on. Never lose sight of, of that. There are a few principles that applies before, before we can wait and trust the Lord. And I just want to remind you that in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and he who knocks, the door will be open. Now, this is a promise that God's Word is saying to each and every one of us. The second one is, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. This is a promise from Jesus, from, from God's word, Jesus, that he spoke. And he says, by this my Father glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. God is encouraged and says, abide in me. Stay close to God. Because you see, the thing is, when you stay close to God, God will keep on guiding you. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Everything that you do, Proverbs 3 verse 6 says, in everything that you do, acknowledge Him. And it's not out of your, your own strength. The Frank Sinatra doctrine, I did it my way. 
No. Let's acknowledge God. And then Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp. We heard the other Sunday then where Pastor Norman was ministering to us about how God leads us. That's what God will do. He will continue to lead us and show us what we need to do. But that means that we need to stay focused. We need to abide in Him. And then, of course, in Matthew 6, verse 30, he says, First seek the kingdom of God, and all these other things shall be added unto you. You know, so many times we try to seek all sorts of other things instead of God's kingdom. And God is saying to us today, Seek my kingdom first. Seek my ways first. And all other things shall be added unto you. And I just want to encourage you. While we're waiting, remember that in waiting, we are more than conquerors. Romans 8, verse 31 and 39, it says, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Because he who started something in us will perfect it in us. Amen. God is also saying to you, Put on the whole armor of God. And it says there in Ephesians, it says when you've done, when you've put on the armor of God and when you've done everything to stand, just to stand. So if you prayed and you asked God for something in your life and it doesn't come through yet, well, put on the armor of God. Make sure that the devil doesn't come to attack you because you've got the armor of God on around you to protect you. No weapon form you against you shall prosper. This is what the word of God is saying to us. And so when you're standing and waiting for God to answer you, put on that armor and stand. Amen? And you've heard me saying this, this, this scripture in Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1. It says, cast your bread upon the water and after many days it will come back. Is there any bread coming back in your life yet? Wait. They will come back. Amen. In James chapter 1 verse 2 and 4 says, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you can encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in, in nothing. Count it all joy. Count it all joy when you stand there with the armor of God on and everybody is throwing these things at you. Circumstances. Just count it all joy because you know that God has promised you that your Saturday is coming. Amen. There was a story of an African man who ran the Olympic long-distance race. And while they were running, he got hurt and he was, could hardly finish the race. So he was limping back and limping back. And people would say to him, listen, you know, uh, stop running. But he just kept on running, kept on running. So eventually, he reached the arena. And by that time, everybody was gone already. And they were busy packing up. But yet this man finished his race. So one of the reporters came up to him and said to him, sir... 
why, why do you put you through so, so much hurt here? Why don't you just stop and give up? And you know what he said? He says, my country did not send me to, 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 finish, to finish the race early, but for me to finish the race on time. And so many times you hurt along the way. But God is saying to you, finish your race. Run the race. No matter whether you come last. It's not about the fact of whether you come first or last. It's about you completing the race. And this is what this man says. My country did not send me to quit before the time. But to finish my race. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Finish your race. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't give up. And the scripture that I read earlier in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 13. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. God has encouraged you this morning. Mount up with wings of eagles because he will give you the strength to finish your race now sometimes there's a question that we ask why does God sometimes delay our prayers there was a story about a young girl who wrote a letter to a missionary trying to encourage him and to lend her support Evidently, she was told not to respect or respond to a to letter because the missionary was very busy. So when the letter arrived, the missionary got a kick out reading. Dear Mr. Missionary, we are praying for you, but we're not expecting an answer. I think that little girl unintentionally summarized the prayer life of most of Christians. We do a lot of praying, but we don't expect an answer. But we've got to change our attitude. We've got to change our attitude when we're saying that if we pray and we ask God for something, that we know that God's going to come through for us. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, in the New International Version, says, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I've sent it. God is not a man that he should lie. If he has promised us something, then he will give us to us. People or circumstances might have forced you to believe to give up. And how many of you sitting here today can identify with the fact that people are sitting and listen? You're fighting a losing battle. Just give up. Just throw the towel in. Because it's not worth it. And you might be sitting here today and you might be facing all of those type of things. And again, I want to say to you, never give up. And there are a couple of stories in, in God's Word. There's a story of Jairus. His daughter was sick, so he came up to Jesus and he said... Master, don't you want to come and just pray for my daughter? She's very sick. And Jesus said, sure, I will come. And Jesus was still ministering to the people, carrying on. And while he was ministering to the people, there was people from Jairus' household came and said, listen, 
don't bother the master anymore because your daughter has died. Jesus overheard that and said, said to him, do not be afraid any longer, only believe. That passage of scripture is in Mark chapter 5 from verse, from verse 22 to 20 to 43. You can go and read it. I want to say to you this morning, if you're sitting here this morning or you're listening to, to, to what I'm saying, and that's you, I want you to take this scripture, put it on your mirror in your bathroom. So every morning when you go to the bathroom to wash your face and, and comb your hair, so that this little scripture is in your face. It says, do not be afraid any longer, only believe. Because that is the promise that Jesus is giving us this morning. Do not be afraid any longer, only believe. First, we must be willing to let God answer in his own time. That means according to his schedule, his time, though, and with whatever God thinks is best for us. How many of you would believe an angel, if, if an angel appears to you right now and say to you, don't worry, your prayers have been answered, will you believe them? I think some of us will. But yet, there's a story in the Bible that Zechariah it says, the Bible tells a story about Zechariah, who was a very old man, and his wife Elizabeth could not have children. The angel Gabriel visited him and said, do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayers has been answered. That's in Luke chapter 1 verse 13. Gabriel went on to say that Elizabeth would give birth to a son who would eventually make ready the people prepared for the Lord. Then Zechariah said this in verse 18. He says, how can I be sure of this? And here's now, here's now a thing that God sent an angel to tell him, listen, don't worry. Your prayers have been answered. And now he still questions whether this is true or not. And I'll go back to that story of the, of the of the little girl that wrote a letter to the missionary, we don't expect an answer. And again, I want to say to you, have the expectancy that God is going to answer you in your, in your prayers, that God is going to come through for you. Now, the question is, why did, he, why did he not believe it? Because I believe that he stopped believing that prayer that he prayed. He stopped believing it. And I want to encourage you this morning that if you stop believing the prayers that you've prayed concerning your family or lost ones or your situation that you're facing, start believing God again that He will come through for you. Amen? Start believing God. Because He had stopped praying that prayer years before, and if you read that passage carefully, it looks like He went into the temple, He prayed, and the angel came and said, your prayers have been answered. The fact of the matter is that he has given up on this prayer years earlier. 
Yet God has heard Zechariah's cries. In fact, the tense of this word, heard, in the scripture means it's already happened. That's what it, that original text is saying to him. God answers our prayers immediately, but sometimes there's a delay in giving of the gift. Why? Because he wants to change us first. He wants to mature us. He wants to get us right. We also got to learn how to learn to have the right attitude. Have an attitude of expectancy that God is going to. There's a little story of, of Johnny that, that came to his mom. And she said, Mommy, I've got a headache. Please pray for me. And so mom says, Okay, come here, Johnny. Lay the hands on him. Pray and say, Lord, you pray for this headache. Cast it out. We thank you, Lord, for your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. So she said to Johnny, okay, go and play again. So after a while, Johnny comes back again and says to his mom, Mommy, I still got an headache. So his mom says, Johnny, you've got to wait for the manifestation. So off, to, off goes Johnny again. So after a while, Johnny comes back again and says, Mommy, when is the man of the station coming? So you might be sitting here and you're waiting for the man of the station. I want to say to you, God will come through for you. God will come through for you. Just be patient. Now, how do I wait expectantly for God to answer my prayer? In Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1, in actual fact you're going to read the whole chapter of uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 it says in verse 1 I will stand or I will station myself if you want to get God's vision for your life and ministry you must want to hear it you must withdraw to hear it and then you must wait to hear it the new international version says I will station myself what does it mean to station yourself before God? It means you stay put. You don't run off to this side or to that side and go to try to find another answer. No, you stay put. It means I'm not moving. I'm not moving because I know God has said to me that He will answer me. It also means... I'm going to be still. In other words, I'm not going to allow circumstances to bombard me in my mind. In the book of Corinthians it says, take every thought captive to the obedience of God's word. Don't let the devil make a playground in your mind, but take every thought captive to the obedience of God's word. Now, how do you do that? If the enemy starts to put all sorts of thoughts into your life, how do you do that? You start to confess God's word. That's the only way. Amen? And just in closing, David says to us, there are three things to do as you wait. 
Wait quietly, wait patiently, and wait expectantly. And in Psalm 62 verse 5 it says, Let all that I am wait quietly before God because my hope is in Him. Let your hope be in Him this morning. Not in the world out there today. In Psalm 37 verse 7 it says, Be, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. And then the last one in Psalm 130 verse 5 says, I wait expectantly, trusting God to help, for He has promised. And I want to say to you this morning that God has promised that He will come through for you. He will come through for you. You know, you might be sitting here today and you criticize the season that you're in. That you're not happy with where you're at right now. Because of circumstances, because of decisions that you may, may have made in your life. Or what people have made for you. I want to encourage you today. Have the attitude of saying, you know what God? I'm in this situation and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to stand on your word. I am not going to lose my confidence. I'm going to stand firm. Knowing that while I'm waiting for you to answer my prayers, you're going to sustain me. And I want all of us just to stand quickly. I want to just do a prayer for all of us. Because I'm sure that there are many of you today that are facing certain circumstances in your life and you've to a certain degree that you've lost hope. And I just want to pray for you. So let's just bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I'm lifting up everyone that's here today and people that's watching by way of, of YouTube or the, or the channel. I thank you, Lord, that if there are circumstances in their life, Father, where they've lost hope, I thank you, Lord, that you will restore hope. I thank you, Lord, that you will give them new hope. I pray, Lord, that they will mount up like wings of eagles. They will fly above the circumstances that they're facing right now. Father, that you will strengthen them. They will run, Father, with endurance. I thank you, Lord, that you'll make a way where there seems to be no way. I thank you, Lord, that you are the promise keeper, that you've promised us, Father, that you are going to come through for us. I pray that in Jesus' name. As we stand like that, I want the guys just to put up a song, and we're going to sing their song just to end the service. Amen. That's who he is. He's a promise keeper and he keeps his promise. You know, when you walk in life, remember that God is always before you. God is always on your side and he's always behind you. He surrounds you. 
because he will never leave or forsake you. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you. Don't lose hope. But wait well. Because God will come through for you. And while we're standing here this morning, let's bow our heads. You might be here or you might be watching by way of the internet. And you say to me, you know what? I'm not sure what's going to happen to my life the day when I die. In 1981, I was in the church service and the preacher got up and asked the question, if you had to die in the next hour, where will you go? I couldn't answer him because I wasn't sure. And you might be sitting here today or standing here today and you might be watching. And if I had to ask you that question, if you had to die in the next hour, Next day, is heaven the place that you're going to go to? And you say to me, I'm not sure. Then I want to pray for you this morning. I want to give you an opportunity to accept the Lord. I want to give you an opportunity for the Lord to come into your life. You might be here today or watching and you're saying, but you know what? Years back, I used to follow the Lord, but I've... I've run away from God. I've moved away from God. And God is saying to you today, come back. My arms are open for you. And so I want to pray for you as well. And I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hands. But if that's you today, I want you just to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I recognize that I'm a sinner. And that I need a savior. As your word declares. If I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior. I will be saved. The Bible also says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord. Will be saved. I ask you today. To forgive me of all my sins. And to wash me clean with the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that I'm now your child. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 If you had prayed that prayer for the first time today, I want to say to you, welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome. But there's also a couple of things that I want to encourage you. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or you've come back, I want you to get connected to a church. I want you to go and read your Bible. I want you to start praying to God. Start talking to God. And if that's you, we've got a little booklet here. You can pick it up as you leave today from one of the ashes. And if you're watching by way of, of YouTube or the channel, write to us and we'll make sure that we'll get this to you. Because this will tell you what is the next step in your life. And it's so important for you to take that next step. 
so that you can start to grow in the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much. Did you enjoy this this morning? Amen. Amen. So let's have a, take a seat. Call on Pastor Humpo to come and uh, serve us communion this morning. Let's give him a hand. Thank you, Pastor Corbus. As the ushers are serving us communion in that same attitude of waiting. So our scripture today, we find it in Luke 22, verse 19 to 20. And it says, And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you, Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shared for you. Amen. So as Pastor Kobas has been ministering, I've been thinking, you know, God is such a good promise keeper. he, he, He never, you know, lets us just abandons us or make us feel as if he doesn't care about us. He cares about us. Amen? And, and as he's been ministering, I've been sitting there thinking that, you know, um, God just wanted to show up today and confirm himself as the promise keeper. And one thing, one way of doing that is by giving us his word. We've had so much to eat today. We've had so much word to take in today. Amen? And, and that is truly because God is a promise keeper. And what he has said in his word, it will come to pass in our lives. So as we take communion right now, we are basically confirming that he is the promise keeper. And whatever he has promised us to receive, what we do is to wait. And while we're waiting we become patient with him. And we have peace in ourselves and in our hearts. Why? Because we've put our hope and our trust in him and not on us. Amen? And that's what communion actually reminds us of. Because you see, with us in this modern world, we're sharing the bread and the cup. But God actually started off the process of communion with a killing that needed to happen to the animal. And it takes a process to slaughter the animal, drain their blood, cook the the animal, and then eat it, as they did with the Passover. And with the Lord Jesus, it took a day for him to be beaten, taken to the cross, walk all the way to the mountain, be hung on the cross. There was time that happened. But with us, we have the bread to remind us of the price that he paid for us to celebrate him today as a promise keeper and to focus on him as the promise keeper. So when we look at the bread and we take the bread, we receive this bread, receiving the assurance that he has already released an answer for us. He's already answered whatever prayer that we've put forward to him. He's already released it to us. He has already given us our yes. Amen. And all we have to do is to be patient and wait. Because at the right time, 
it will come to pass. Let's receive the bread. And with the blood, we confirm what Hebrews 10 tells us that, as Pastor Gobas shared, that in our patience and in our faith, we shall be richly rewarded. The Lord will richly reward us for having trust in Him and hope in Him. And therefore, we should what? Keep going. Do not despair doing good. Let us keep going, doing good, the good that we are doing because we're serving a faithful God who's already taken care of us. He knows our needs. He knows what we cry for. He knows our ailments. He's already taken them away. All we need to do is to stop waiting for the guy at the petrol station. The guy at the gas station has already done his part. All we need to do is to receive and believe and walk in the truth of our true position and purpose that he has given us. Let's receive the blood. We thank you, Holy Spirit, this morning. We thank you as we receive this communion this morning. It's because of your love that we are receiving. It reminds us of the price that the Lord Jesus prayed for us. And right now, Lord, we just want to say we trust in you. We have our hope upon you. We have faith in the promises that you have released in your word. And we know, Lord, that everything has already been released upon us. We receive our healing. We receive our breakthrough. We receive our increase. We receive our promotion. We receive all good things, Lord, that you have in store for us. We thank you this morning, Holy Spirit. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, are you ready for this week? Amen. We're ready for this week, and we're going to be more than conquerors. Amen. We're going to be above and not beneath. We're going to fly high this week. Amen. All right, let's just receive the blessing. Father God, we come to you. We thank you, Lord, that you will bless the people, Father, that you will keep them. Thank you, Lord, that whatever they put their hands to this week, Father, will be prospering and blessed, Father. Thank you, Lord, for supplying every need that we've got. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us. Thank you for your angels that will be around us, Father. Bless the people, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you as you go. Enjoy the week. Uh, there's some tea and coffee at the back there. So, uh, yes, see you next week.